ESP. The Aaron Spencer Podcast, your home base away from Mother Base for the outdated references, political humdrum, social commentary, vintage and not-so-vintage nostalgia that you crave. Would you rather have a lifetime of regret or an afternoon of mild disappointment? And of course, that weeb-ish. So without further ado, just do it! Let's get this shoe puff luncheon. Three, two, one, and we're live. I always look at the You Now camera whenever I do that, but it didn't really make sense this time. <laughs> so I already did one um, and I gotta, oh I gotta gosh. be mindful of that. So welcome to ESP003. Little mic check here. Can you hear yourself okay? Yeah. Awesome. All right. So welcome back, El Numenter Radio. It's been a little bit of a hiatus for you, but yeah. you are now back. I know. Back on the ESP show. So, yes, ESP003, we're joined today by L. Newman. You identify as non-binary, right? Correct. That's what we were talking about for the past, like, 10 mm -hmm. minutes or so, okay, yeah. which is awesome. So, obviously, if you all don't know me, you should. If you're watching this, you probably know who I am. I'm Aaron Spencer. I run the ESP Aaron Spencer podcast. I am a trans woman, and we're here today with a non-binary individual, which is awesome because we haven't had anybody that's non-binary on the show yet, so I'm really excited about this. Yeah, so we, yeah, we've had another trans girl, a cishet roller derby girl, uh, and then one other cishet girl that's... Actually, no, she's pansexual. Our third guest was pansexual, right? So we've had only one cisgender heterosexual but female on the show. Roller derby is pretty queer in itself. Yeah. So that, <laughs> well, we, we, we talked about that. We talked about how roller derby is all-inclusive and how it appeals to... A lot of people in the LGBTQIA community. Nice. Good. So yeah, so it is it is kind of queer based. So <laughs> that was that aspect. So we've had almost almost everything on the show so far, including today. I think we're I think we're pretty good. So we're gonna start by doing a little bio for our guests. That's usually the format that we talk a little bit about, just kind of like what our guests are up to, what they're doing in their lives, and then we go into discussion debate about hot button Thanks, issues Dad. current events just a casual chat and then we go into the hashtag nerdcast portion of the show mm -hmm. at the end of the show awesome. so it's kind of like a three-tiered format so tell us a little bit about yourself so i know that you are a nursing student right now right? yeah so i'm okay if i pass the awesome. semester i'll be halfway through the program <laughs> <laughs> Very um, cool. Yeah, I'm an accelerated program. I've been working with patients in clinicals since like week three, and I'm in week 15 million. I don't know. It's been a while now. So yeah, I want to pursue being a nurse practitioner. Um, I'm going to continue after I get my- That is huge money. RN, then my BSN, then MSN, and then eventually DNP, doctorate in nursing practice. So you're you're doing it. You I'm are... doing it. I'm going to go to the top so that no one can tell Do me- it. Otherwise, I want to be my own authority, and I also really want to pioneer just queerness in healthcare. It's, already, it's already given out high fives, it's and it's only the first five minutes of the show. <laughs> usually, usually we don't start the high fives until halfway through. But I knew this was going to be a great show, and I actually, this is, I'm actually kind of nervous myself for this show just because I'm so excited <laughs> about having Elle here. So, you are proudly representing the non-binary community in a healthcare field. So, mm -hmm. anyone again that knows me, knows my story, knows that I'm a trans woman who came out. While she was a parent, while I was a paramedic on an ambulance for an one community, which must and, be tough, right? And that that transition was interesting in and of itself. But this show's about you, so tell us about what it's like to be an individual who's non-binary, who's very comfortably non-binary, who is yeah. 
fantastic with fashion, style, makeup, and I'm super jealous. Hair, everything. We already talked about this, but I figured I'd I'd fluff the ego a little bit more just because it's true. It's true. Yeah. So w- what is it like to be somebody who is non-binary, but also somebody who's very comfortable? Very, very. I know some people who are non-binary are not quite comfortable in their own skin. They still sort of kind of are, are experimenting with a couple of different styles of fashion, a couple of different styles of makeup, and just sort of general presentation. So what's it like to be somebody who's extremely confident and who is also in the healthcare field studying to become an RN and eventually yeah. an NPA? No, uh, an NP, an NP. Yeah. Um, it's interesting being a pioneer, but I, I kind of took it upon myself. You know, I told myself that when I started transitioning, I was going to be as open and public about it as I can because there's not a lot of stuff out there, you know. So at first, I wasn't sure kind of what I was doing. So I presented as male for about almost a year. I think everyone that's in the trans community, whether they're non-binary, male to female or female to male, has had that experience yeah. about at least 10 times. Yeah. Like <laughs> I kind of like... knew I was I was like, I don't know. If I'm not really a guy. No, I'm not a girl. Not really a dude, but I'd rather be seen as a dude in society. But I'm more like a feminine dude and it kind of just went back and forth and I was like I know I'm non-binary but like how do I express this like outwardly you know it was like I I would bind my chest for the longest time and I liked it at first but it wasn't authentic to me mm-hmm. like I I've went through like several names and like while people supported me each time I would come out with like a new name and like try to have like a new way of seeing myself it just didn't feel right and authentic well that's well that's common too that's common too for a lot of trans people is actually finding a name that works that works for you Mm -hmm. so i have a friend in texas i have actually several friends that i've met online who live in texas and it's like oh my god i i can't even imagine Mm -hmm. being in that situation being in texas and being trans i mean honestly though i think i think people in the deep south I think people in the in the deep south have it really have it worse. I really feel for them. That's Texas, you can I escape think... to Austin. Yeah. So you have a refuge at least, and you're it's kind of like uh, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. My ex girlfriend actually was from Austin, so I've been there a few times. Yeah. It's it's the oasis. That was great. But it you still really have is. the oasis. It's the green in a field of yelling, angry. So mom. so people in Texas <laughs> have at least that, but then again, you sometimes get you get the people that live on the the borders of Texas, and it's or Further, far enough away from Austin for it to be a big event to actually get to Austin. That's why I feel like so representation still... and visualization just is important. That's why I want to be as out as I can, just because the internet helps me so much. Trans visibility, it really, is yeah, huge. It, that's all about it. And I don't know. I just I try to. We talked about that on the first show. I try to own myself. Like I've had a lot of doctors and teachers who are saying, "Oh, you know, I think it's great that you're doing what you're doing," and I'm like, "I'm not really doing anything. I'm just trying just to you. be me, but like trying to prove that like I exist. You know, I'm right. real. Like not being non-binary is tough because in a way that's most comfortable for you. Yeah, as a person, that's it's, the hardest part. It's tough because it doesn't make sense to people. People have to make sense of it first before they can even look at you. But why do why do people have to do that? That's one of the great philosophical and sociological mm-hmm. questions that we even I dabbled in. I'm sure you had a couple of discussions like that during your academic. Yeah. Your initial first four years of academia. Mm-hmm. But that is one of those one of those topics that keeps coming up even now, and I see all kinds of posts on Tumblr about it, is why do people feel the need to rationalize these things to the point where they have to comment or feel like they have to interfere or intervene with other people's lives? Mm-hmm. Why is that a thing that we can't seem to evolve or get past, or at least Especially certain aspects of our 
of our species. Especially with the internet, too. I feel like now that everyone has a platform, they feel like their opinions matter so much more. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think people just have to compartmentalize and categorize and just make things make sense to them. But sometimes they're lacking in what they don't know, and they just don't know they don't know. And you just have to be there and be out and educate them, you know? Do you think that we'll ever evolve past that? Looking at the average of our of our species, do you think we'll ever Eventually, evolve? Eventually. Um, that, That's a good word. I think that the younger people are going to save oh, it's us. it's huge. Especially in Japan. I just I was in Japan last year for a week and a half and just talking to the, the youth there, the college-age students who were our hosts, I was older than almost everybody yeah. on the trip. But just talking to the my college-age peers in Japan, they were telling me how there's this huge LGBTQIA revolution. There's this huge social revolution Finally. for everything. And it's yeah. not just LGBTQIA because now they have Tokyo Pride. But it's also a cultural thing where the youth is now shifting away from this more traditional Japanese sense of let's keep the culture the way it's been for forever and let's start being more like the global community. Mm-hmm. And the students there, almost every single one was telling me how they've become more globally aware yeah. And, yeah. Social, and socially conscious. Is there a word for that? There has to be. Because I know globalist refers to a lot of other problematic so I'm probably things. probably just westernized. But I think, I just think that they're, I think the youth just drives progress. And I think that with the help of the internet, people are finally able to seek what they don't have. And I think especially with Japan in general, like their culture, I don't want to say is oppressive, but I've always kind of seen it that way where it was just very centered around tradition and older people and we have that here we think that you know white cishet men rule the world and there's no reason for them to and i think very soon we're gonna see that the youth really does drive change and they're gonna have a louder voice i'm i feel like our generation like millennials if you want to call it that are like right Uh, at the edge avocado toast yeah we're right at the edge we kind of missed it we're never going to be able to afford rent because we're spending too much money on avocado toast yeah it's the gen zers you guys in high school right now you guys graduating are going to be the ones that change everything so please please change it so um, have you had any unique situations or adversity that you've had to overcome being in your specifically in your rn program now that you're much more comfortable with yourself have you had any any issues at school um, or during your clinicals? Because I know with your clinicals, you're interacting with the public. I know with me and the healthcare field that I'm in with public safety on the ambulance, I'm sure it's kind of similar to experiences you have as a nursing student because you're I, doing the same type of medical yeah. patient interactions, bedside interactions, as we call it. I pick and choose my battles. So when I meet new, so like when I first started school, we had almost 40 students okay. and I was, I had just started transitioning literally that week. I was about to start testosterone. The big T. Oh God. I'm kind of, I'm glad I'm not on it anymore. We can get I'm, into that. I'm like, glad that you're happy. I, that, that's what matters to I me. I thought it, I don't know. It was really important that I did it. But you and tried it. So, so now you I was know. that's part of being questioning. I was on it for a while and it's I started journey. feeling changes that I just didn't feel like I wanted anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can get into that after. So I was about to like start to test her on and I was binding. I was, you know, presenting as male and I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And I was like, you know, I'm non-binary because we had to like go around and like say something about ourselves. So I was like, you know what? Fine. Like I'm non-binary. Like I don't identify as male or female, prefer they, them pronouns. And at that point I was trying to figure out what I wanted to get for a name. And I was just like, just L. And everyone now and calls me L. And that's you. just how it came about. Like, everyone calls me L. Like, no one knows, like, my name is Laura. Like, And like we talked about before, so 
L makes me think of L from yeah. L, which <laughs> from, I do from Death Note. I do sit like him, so that's okay. Oh, <laughs> like the yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. Just eating What's whatever great? Japanese candy that he eats oh with a spoon. Oh my god, <laughs> he's so cute. I love him. But um, most of the staff has been really, really supportive. I actually am really lucky to have a lot of LGBT staff. My, one of my first um, professors was, was a lesbian. Um, I have two gay professors now, and one of them is actually doing his PhD thesis on like trans health. So they've been overly supportive. They've all of their correspondence have they them pronouns for me. Like all of oh, my awesome. paperwork on their end, they call me L in like paperwork, and it's all like they them. That's that's a really progressive that's step what forward I'm that I can really for. appreciate. The students, on the other hand. They understand that something is up, but they don't really get it. I've had some people who they ask me, so like, what's like, what are you into? Like, it's, it becomes sexuality for them. They're like, so like, are you into men or women? And like, <sighs> do you want to have a penis? Like, it's just they don't the really old go to. They don't really know boundaries about those things. But for the most part, I think they just they it's kind a lack of, of education that I'm dikey. I'll take it, but it's not really what it is. But yeah, I mean, if people ask, like I explained to them, but for the most part, they just kind of think I'm just someone with short hair. Like I, I even mm. have some friends now who they're like, are you going to grow your hair back out? Like you, you look so much more feminine. I'm like, that's the point. Like, No, your hair looks perfect. <laughs> and your eyebrows are on point. Thank you, yeah. hundred times better than mine. <laughs> I just use the, I use the perfect eyebrow pencil from Benefit. That's it. And that it's works. It's just about like That works erasing. well enough. Yeah. It's just drawing it in, smudging it, and then like erasing around. <laughs> that's that's one way but i i, I pain myself to do the to just yeah. do the pencil and to do the oh my god, oh my god. Too much. <laughs> sometimes it comes out better sometimes it comes out worse especially on the the corners on the interior and then when it comes to actually interacting with patients i mean i'm just i'm female to them mm -hmm. i've had some some of my friends, when we end up working also together... Also interacting with the medical field, to me, that that's familiar and makes sense. Yeah. When I'm working like with a partner, like with a friend, they'll um, sometimes casually refer to me as they. For the most part, I'm seen as female, and it's okay, because I understand, like, they're elderly sick people. It's not about me. It really isn't. Like, that's when I don't really care. Mm -hmm. And I've actually been more lenient, I guess, because at first it was really... I mean, I was obsessed with labels. I was obsessed with finding a label and a word that meant what I felt. And being misgendered was like stabbing. And I still get it I've now. Been there. I still I've feel been it there. now, but I'm more lenient because if I can just present myself and like make it about how I'm acting and how I'm coming off to people, then it doesn't really matter what the words they're using for me are. So I was actually in a situation today where I was taking a class for my paramedic certificate it was the acls refresher mm -hmm. do you you do yeah, acls too I right do, yeah. okay so it was it was the acls refresher which is mandated for the sort of more advanced but not top level okay yeah. but then but sort of i think once you get a certain point everyone does because do even doctors do i just ACLS. have to do bls for now but mm -hmm. so i was i was at the class and one of the um one of the girls that we work with we were having a conversation outside and she was just being super, super friendly, super nice, just kind of, kind of casual. And she kept using the wrong pronouns, but she was being super pleasant. So I didn't say anything. But then after she actually reached out to me and this really well thought out message that said, oh my God, I'm so sorry for using the wrong pronouns. I didn't say anything, but she reached out to me mm -hmm. and she said that she was overtired and she had, obviously she'd known me before, yeah. before I transitioned. 
And she said that she was totally just not thinking and she had other things on her mind. And she apologized to me. And I said, thank you so much for reaching out. That means more to me. Yeah. Yeah. That just shows me how much of an awesome person you are. And that I wasn't picking up on this feeling of maliciousness. Yeah. And I feel like you, as well as, as much as I do, you know, would be able to tell when being misgendered is malicious and when people honestly are just not thinking, which I think happens more often than not. It's, it's our friends and our community members and our family just, they're not thinking or just not quite goes over their head, but they might correct themselves. Or if we correct them, they'll say, oh, sorry. Yeah. And then they'll use the right pronoun, that's which all, is kind of like par for the course. That's all I need, as long as they're trying, honestly, because mm-hmm. right. I know it's confusing. And like one of the reasons why I wanted to... a learning to... curve, that's what I say. One of the reasons I wanted to even start testosterone was because of like my voice and stuff like that. Like I wanted to lower it. I wanted to look a little bit more androgynous because I hated being automatically just gendered as female. Is there anything special about that to you personally about this look? Because this look is just I look at you and I, I just I see you. Does that yeah, make sense? This is just how. Yeah. This is like this is, I, like this is totally you. <laughs> yeah. Like it just yeah. I feel like this is how you were supposed to. I don't to have look. to bind anymore. Like, right. I feel no, fine. It's... Like I'm. It is a learning curve, too, for us, for people who are non-binary, realizing that, you know, you can have boobs and still not be female. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you can have a penis and not be male. Like, it's okay. Non-binary is wonderful. Yeah, it's great. And I really like playing it up, to like, when I go out and doing kind of, like, the casual drag and, you know, just yeah. mixing and, and matching huge... huge makeup with, yeah. like, guy clothes. Because I don't wear female clothes anymore. Everything I wear is in the men's section. And that's one thing that I'm very adamant on is mm-hmm. I... I will not but that's like shop. me with women's clothes yeah i will not women's shop clothes. in the women's women's section. clothes men's clothes that's a clothes. whole other they're debate. just clothes yes exactly <laughs> but i will not i will not stop uh, clothes that you that purchase in the men's section or mm-hmm. clothes that you purchase in the women's section yeah, or or clothes that are tailored to the masculine form versus ta- yep. clothes that are tailored more to the feminine form because i do like women's form-fitting t-shirts and they do so women's t-shirts and dresses obviously too they're meant to They're accentuate the shape, way. according to my HRT physician, that female bodies and male bodies, just the curvature mm-hmm. and something that I've learned being on HRT, yeah, me too. the curvature of the bodies is different. So <laughs> there is there is a point that's one to having women's and men's clothing. There's sometimes where it gets out of control. And I think I think that's more what we're talking about with the whole pink and blue type stuff. But for the most part, I like that there is the form-fitting clothes and then there's yeah. also the baggy clothes. I think people appreciate that. Yeah, I do too. But yeah, no, I really, really did like tea because it was like a mood boost. Mm-hmm. And I got to do it every week. And uh, that's, that's like me on so every day. So every every Thursday, I was like, it's testosterone day. And I would like inject and it was great. Relatable. Um, <laughs> Except for the other side of the spectrum. Yeah, it made me... But going through the puberty thing again, like, is crazy because mm. I was – so I was going from – background story. I was on birth control. I was on estrogen for about 11 years straight for PCOS because at that time What's that was PCOS? the uh, polycystic ovary syndrome. Okay. It's a hormonal disorder. So basically I naturally had more testosterone anyway. Who would have thought? Wouldn't that be sort of <laughs> – wouldn't that classify you as intersex technically? Not, not exactly. Or, or do you have to – or do you I have ha- to test – do you have to test positive on some sort of a certain test to be? You have to have it's more of like a DNA type thing, okay, or like um, like more congenital. So you're either okay. born with certain organs or um, the chromosomes are different, and you just present a different way. I know the I know the exact definitive science on on intersex is still out, right? Eh, I think yeah, there's still it okay. It really depends on who you talk to, um, but it's because I have heard different things. It's either that you're 
genetically like XY, but like mm-hmm. um, parts of you didn't develop. So you like, they're like on the inside or something like that. And then there's other types. There's different types of intersex where it's just like decided you were going to live a certain way because mm. you were born with like both parts and so stuff what like is that. what is an intersectional feminist intersectional feminism is basically I, i'm i'm a feminist through and yeah, through but you would be an intersectional feminist because oh okay do you know what terps are mm-hmm. okay so basically it's like the opposite it's basically saying that feminism includes trans women includes non-binary women includes people who okay associate with the feminine or with the womanhood but may not be biologically that way okay whereas turfs and like their feminism is basically <sighs> vagina is feminism vagina is womanhood it's like no no it's not i feel like that's that's sort of going by the unless all of the turfs are not savvy to the internet i feel like yeah. the majority of feminists are now intersectional feminists yeah it's great. Okay, great. Now I can now I can actually use that because <laughs> I I've made it my personal mission to sort of fight the good fight against chasers. Oh God, <laughs> which is which is a monumentous task, monumentous. So I would have had about six to eight thousand followers on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. I have about two thousand seven hundred fifty. Yeah, because as soon as you tr- if you tag trans woman. Mm-hmm. So what I do is every single day I block at least five people. Sometimes it's seven, eight, or more. So I, but this is this is part of my daily routine. That's also part of just being female presenting because like (laughs) that's true too. uh, It feels so good because I've gone from people like being in the DMs to like no one giving a shit. (laughs) I'm just like, thanks for leaving me alone. (laughs) But no, so I was. I was on the birth control pill for a while because basically their way of handling that problem was to put more estrogen in the body. Basically, um, that must have been miserable my, for you. I didn't. I wouldn't naturally get like a period, right? Mm-hmm. So I was on that from like fifteen to twenty-one, and that whole time, birth control makes it so you don't have a sex drive. So I basically kind of grew up thinking, "All right, I'm weird. I'm probably just asexual. I'm gonna force myself to like be in relationships with people and like whatever, feel nothing." And then I go on testosterone and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm horny all the time. Like, I want to have sex with all my friends and everything. And I was like, this is fucking confusing. I thought I hated sex and now it's everywhere. I mean, it, right. I felt it. And I was also really hungry a lot. <laughs> that's that's one thing that that's one thing that I've heard is that being on testosterone can make you very hungry. It makes you eat. Yeah. Eating was great. I stopped once body fat distribution kind of became a thing and I just stopped mm-hmm. feeling pretty to myself. I was becoming more I was having more of like a manly figure. And well, again, it's it's personal comfort. Yeah, really? I just so. wasn't feeling pretty anymore. I think I was passing as male a little bit more and forgot that I'm non-binary and I'm not female mm-hmm. and a male. And like I would go out in public and like guys wouldn't look at me anymore and i was just like oh well following following anyone's journey especially yours has is, is a beautiful thing i love to follow people's journey when whether whoever they are male to female again male to female female to male non-binary i love seeing people finally find themselves mm-hmm. because i know how much of an incredible feeling that was every day is like being on i'm grateful for every day or i try to i try to be grateful for every day just because it, I'm just chance. so happy yeah. to be me. Yeah, and I it's, feel like a lot of people. In the once I realized that I was allowed to be me, it was like, whoa! I didn't even know. Like I thought that life was just going to suck always, and I was always going to be depressed. And now my like therapist is like, 
you kind of seem like you're in remission with your depression. Like, you are just so much better now. And I'm like, I know. I didn't know I could be like that. But it's, yeah. And, and people at school, they're like, so now you're not trans anymore? Like, And I'm like, no, I still am. I'm just not actively on hormones. I still haven't seen that, by the way. You should. It's, I know, Demogorgons. It's on my list. It's on my it list is really of good. Just, you have to go into to Stranger watch. Things knowing that it's not serious and that it is like a parody of everything. Because I had, I have these neighbors who are like super normy. And when it first came out, they were trying to discuss it. Normie. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, it was fine and like normal. And all of a sudden, like these supernatural things came out of nowhere. And I'm like, that's the point. But right. so just go into it knowing that it's funny, fun, so, and scary. Now that we've had a sidebar that we could have segued into the Nerdcast, I remember the other things that I want to yes. talk to you about now because we had the little break now that we're yes. back into it. Yes. I want to talk to you about pronouns. Yeah. And we've we've talked about they, them, theirs. We've talked about he, she, etc. We've already had a little bit of conversation on that. And so I was obsessed me... with pronouns for a long time, too. Like, I just would think about it. I was like, they, them, or they, he? Like, what am I, what am I doing? <laughs> And then it was just anything but she. But I don't know. It's weird. So they, as much as I embrace it and that really is my truest pronoun, it's still hard hearing that from people Mm -hmm. and assuming it's a single day versus plural day. Okay. Um, Because if they – you just – you have to figure out the subject of the context, I guess. Like if I know that they're talking about me – and then they say they, I'm like, okay, cool. But if they just go out and be like, oh, right. they over there, I'm just like, are you talking about me? Like, who am I? Um, it's it's <laughs> well, hard to retrain the brain to realize mm-hmm. that it is a single they versus plural they. Because I think that's what people's issue with that word is. I think the neutral pronouns have been the hardest for me. So uh, for me, they're personally. easy because I refer to everything as they now. Right. And like, I actually had my, my neighbor... He's like this big cishet guy, but he's like he's like trying to understand. Like he tries. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. That's like, what's important. It's people people who try. That's all means I'm asking everything. for. Everything means people the world. To try. Yeah. Um, but he was like, I, I noticed that you refer to everything as they, and I'm like, yeah, because if you start doing it, you mm-hmm. start you start using it. I've been getting better with it for sure because yeah. I hate it when people misgender me, so I yeah. have to be better at. The they, them, theirs pronoun. And there's so many amazing, incredible people, especially in the Tumblr sphere. And Tumblr is my big thing, like mm-hmm. we said before. There's so many incredible people on Tumblr who are non-binary. And I love them so much. They always have these incredible, amazing posts. Pictures, photos, selfies, makeup, fashion. I love it. I love it all. But um, yeah, and then I would think about, well, maybe I'll just I'll also introduce he, him for people mm-hmm. who can adapt they because i actually i had come out to when i was first first coming out um one of my best friends said to me they them doesn't make sense to me can i call you he and i said yes it was weird i don't know because i was like i'm not fully he him i don't want right. people to really think that that's what i'm going after because i am still going to be very feminine and so it was hard because I was like, you know, do I try to make an exception for people? And it's like, no, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say. You should never make exceptions. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, you know, if it makes you feel better. It's like, no, this is yeah. who I am. And I've been Mm-mm. very, very adamant. I mean, no there way. are times when I'm first meeting people and they she me because they just that's what they assume. And I'm like, I, I let it go. Yeah. But then I have other people who, who I'm hanging out with who are non-binary like, no, no, they go by they. I also go by they. And I'm like, thank you. Unfortunately, I think unfortunately, I think it's more common for non-binary folks to. Yeah. To either get the the pronoun one way or another, mm-hmm. versus for and I'm gonna say both. I'm gonna say for for trans for trans men 
for, we'll start with trans women. For trans women, for somebody to just come up and automatically just use female pronouns, it's a total slap in the face, and it's kind of it's insulting, and that's direct. With the with non-binary folks, there is a little bit of a curve, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So I th- I think you're in a little bit of a disad- disadvantageous yeah. position because I think with I think with our non-binary folks, I think there's an extra. I think there's a lot of people who are trying. But who might just not know? That's the thing. Versus right versus versus the maliciousness of calling a trans man she, right. or for in my personal experience, obviously I I try very very hard to present as female. Not, I don't want to say like I try too hard, but well, in in your version of what right. your female is, because uh, I mean you can still be female my own version. Yes, yeah, so that that's good. Be overly made up and stuff like that right. too. But it's very, I mean, every, everything I do through and through is female. Everything. And then for someone to use the wrong pronouns, yeah. it's like, what are you doing? No, I know. What are you like, doing I, with your life? I based a lot of mannerisms off of mm-hmm. male mannerisms. Like, I studied a lot and I would, like, move like it as well. And actually, I mean, it depends. Like, if you're around people who get it, like, they appreciate that. Like, I was shadowing a nurse who I ended up finding out was trans female to male and i didn't know he was until he logged in to the mainframe Mm -hmm. and his dead name was on there and i was like oh shit i finally got my name changed officially Um, legally by the way did i tell you that that's awesome yeah i saw okay that's great good for you um hi hi and I was like, I just wanted to let you know, like at the end of it, I was like, wanted to let you know, like I'm also trans and like mm-hmm. this was like an honor to like, awesome. work with you. And That's he was like, such a great he story. goes, yeah, I figured something was up there. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, he knew. Like, oh. That's great. So I had a discussion with my friend Kevin who lives in Japan. He teaches English in Japan wow. and he works for some educational agencies over in Japan as well. He's just, he just got hired to a new position and he's actually starting his own podcast. He does a lot of research with existentialism and things mm-hmm. like that and that's a lot of his free time is is spent surrounding just the very nature of existentialism and he spends a lot of time thinking about buddhism and enlightenment oh, great. and yeah. we were having a conversation about pronouns and basically with everything with everything that we were just talking about he agrees basically he's a great ally but then we got into a conversation that i was curious to ask him about because he's a very deep thinker and i want to know your thoughts on mm-hmm. on this too and we were discussing actually one of the uh, there was a medical, a couple of medical videos that I found on YouTube that were done from the point of true neutral mm-hmm. regarding pronouns that were trying to be very as objective mm-hmm. as possible, mm-hmm. stating the research on both sides that has been done on on uh, transgender individuals, whether they're not male to female, female to male, non-binary, whatever. And basically, we started talking about the expanded universe of pronouns and how they can potentially become problematic. So when you get into the extended universe of pronouns beyond he, she, they, what are your thoughts on that? Because especially with the the Z, she, the other ones. I honestly was never a fan. Mm -hmm. Um, They can be problematic. I understand the need for them. But so I think they're fine in online world and like the internet and That's fandoms a, I and like, stuff. I like that way of but looking at it. But when it comes to real life, when it comes to what's going to be on my ID or what's going to be mm-hmm. on paper, he, they, her. Like, that's the spectrum. I feel like that's what's going to make sense for medical stuff. I mean, stuff. that's what's on the trans flag. This but is the three. <laughs> I understand people's needs because I was also obsessed with the label, and I feel like it just goes back to labeling. It just mm-hmm. goes back to finding a word that you belong with. 
Oh, man. Let's see. I started out as genderqueer when I was like 22, and then it was gender fluid, mm-hmm. and then it was female to male, and then it was agender. Now it's demigender, gender fluid, non-binary. Like, well, those are all fine which and good. They all I, mean the, yeah. kind of the same thing right. anyway, but it's just finding the label that works for you. Those, I think, commonly accepted by everyone mm-hmm. in, in the trans community. On this, on these true neutral videos that I was telling you about, the ones that I find. Yeah. And I think I think if you just do a quick common sense YouTube search, you'll be yeah. able to find the videos that I'm talking about. They were just, they showed a couple of clips. I don't know who the people were that were talking, but they showed a couple of clips of some YouTube uh, content creators. And it was a video that really bothered me, the one that they chose, and it was two YouTube content creators. They were both AFAB individuals. Mm-hmm. But they were discussing, their whole topic of conversation was, this week, oh, this week my favorite pronouns are, and last week my favorite pronouns were, and I think I'm going to switch to these pronouns next week. That's just sensationalizing them. Yeah, they were discussing it like like it was some sort of a fashion trend. That's what I feel like people see when they think about non-binary in general, is just like the quote-unquote Tumblr fad thing, where Hmm. it's just like they're trying stuff on. But I think it's also... To play devil's advocate for them, it's transition in general is kind of like trying to go back through adolescence and refine yourself and redefine yourself. And you're supposed to pick and choose well, different sense. identities, journey, right? right? You're supposed to pick what fits with you. And if it doesn't work, you put it back and you try a new one. So I think it that's like the only reason I see why that would be okay is that they're just trying to pick things even though they're doing it in a way that's like sensationalizing and kind of wrong. But I'm really, I'm actually really excited and really glad to hear you say that because I was concerned about the expanded pronouns. And to me, you are, I think, the ideal representative of the non-binary community. When I think non-binary, you're the first person. Thank that, you. And not just because you're, because I, I know, like I said before, I know a lot of non-binary folks on Tumblr. But when I think of that, the core of the trans flag is the white, is the non-binary folk. When I think of that. You just, it's just, again, it's, you're just so happy and I can't say enough, I can't yeah, say enough good things. You. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a So your, your word to me on, on extended pronouns means a lot. I do a lot of research. And yeah, and you have proven yourself academically as well. You have a bachelor's degree in? In psychology and I also minored in sociology and philosophy. So thinking about people and studying I'm people my is kind of what I do. <laughs> to the camera, right? So let me just. <laughs> That's just what I do. Let me just dust your shoulders off. <laughs> So but, um, you are technically, logically, I think, qualified I think to so. also yeah. logically and <laughs> academically qualified to comment on these on what these does, subjects. What is unfortunate, though, in being in nursing school, though, is um, they do bring up gender when they really mean sex. So like a lot of what mm-hmm. we learn, for example, will be like, oh, you know, like men or age and gender and blah, blah, blah are things that, you know, are risk factors. And it's like, no, it's age and sex. It's not age and gender. And they'll be like, men do this, women do this. And I'm like, yeah, but there's there's more to that. AFAB and AMAB are two of my favorite LGBTQA terms that I think have made things so much easier Mm -hmm. for everyone. Because you can, for people that are trying to learn, explaining to them AFAB or AMAB will get you, it will get you places in conversation with almost anybody. But more obviously, especially with the people that want to learn. And it, it helps to clarify a lot of things. Yeah. And I mean, I love also getting down into the concept of biological. That's not even a fair thing to say either. And like man and woman aren't really the two ends. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much more that you can dissect in that too. But 
I like to just stay in the realm of gender is fake and we made it up and you, know, you don't have to adhere to anything you don't want to. So the, the true neutral people have tried to go and say that sex and gender are the same thing, but that is flawed. And as someone who's also also has a, a bachelor's degree, not that it, not that it really means anything, but if we're talking academically, both of us together, I think as relatively, I mean, we don't have, I don't have a master's or anything, but based on my academic experience. Yeah, you were just praising yourself for your academic experience. I know. I'm getting, sex I'm getting and gender. High, I'm getting all high and mighty over here. Yeah. So sex and sex, sex and gender. So yeah. So based on, based on my academic experience, I would say that sex is obviously not gender. You have, you have a sex, which is assigned at birth, which you can change. And then gender uh, in and of itself, the very definition is a social construct. Yeah. But but then you have to explain what social constructs are. Like I, I literally just, had to explain hello, gender to someone that I would – I call him a Neanderthal. He's not a Neanderthal, <laughs> but he's just a very hyper-masculine, cishet dude who's never had to think about trans in general. Right. And I just – I had to tell him there are certain roles that we attribute to men and women. Mm-hmm. What's feminine? What's masculine? Those aren't real things in science. Like those aren't real. We made them happen so we could control people. Um, but explaining that at first is hard. Hello, people, rocks. So. Hi. Yeah. No. Basically, gender is in your head, and sex is in your pants. Right. And so that's just those. The so that way to argument. It. Yes. So that argument really, really bothers me. And everything you can change now. Everything you can change completely, which is great. Yeah. It's, That's also something time. I think people need to remember too is transgender and transsexual are different. I, I actually I gave up completely. I, I hate I hate that word. Yeah. And then I hate the one that that is associated with the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, we even don't though say that's that. yeah. I actually had an anthropology teacher try to say the T V word. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, that is not a real, like he was, he was trying, I mean, at it's first novelty he was okay if we're talking about because Rocky he was Horror, talking but... about like poly and monogamous relationships. And then like, not, he like basically grasped non-binary a little bit, but then he like went into transvestite. And I was and this like, was Arr. an anthropology professor? Yeah. And I was like. He should know better. He really should have. But I had already had my degree at that point. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I can't sit here and listen to you do this. The the cool the, I think the best part about actually having a degree is when those really nasty not quite trolls but you know like there's always somebody that says well what qualifies you to talk oh about that and you're like that let me get my, out my textbook and I'll literally source it for that you that is my least favorite question <laughs> but I but I get that question yeah. enough where it's unfortunate but I feel like I have to say yes I've been academically trained with this with a degree in social sciences and also just life experience yeah that too. It just, but it, it does, it does, that question, I mean, I get, I get why that question exists. Yeah. But they're but, not doing it the right way. Like, the right. right way would be like, oh, like, do you have sources? Let me see your sources. Right. Not Let's what qualifies sources. you to, to yeah, comment no, on this. they're just being patronizing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, pronouns. There's a, there's so many. Just respect people's ones. pronouns. Yeah. Like, even if they don't look, like, even if they don't look the way that they want to be presenting like okay whatever if they don't look like they're female but they say they want to be she her they're still she her like they don't have to look a certain way you don't have to do anything and people should still just believe you because it's from the inside absolutely like you don't there's no picture for how things are supposed to be especially with gender because it's all made up (laughs) boom 
So you are a big advocate for putting X gender markers on driver's licenses? So either... Because I don't know know too much about that whole push. And there's a whole movement for that, right? There is. I mean, we've already done it in Oregon and California. And they actually were... um, There was a bill proposed Props to California and Oregon. Yeah. Especially Oregon, too. That's awesome. I would love for either there be no marker in general. Mm -hmm. Like, if we... First of all, we don't need to have a sex or gender marker. I mean, that's just... Preach. It's for statistics, and we don't need that shit. But if we do... Then it should be a gender marker, not a sex. Like, it could be, you know, not a sex marker. Because, like, who cares? Mm -hmm. So if it's going to be a gender marker, then, yeah, M, F, or X. I mean, because I, I, for the longest time, since I, at least 10 years now, I will not write female on paperwork. I write non-binary and I write gender fluid on all my, you know, census-y schoolwork and my doctor stuff because I don't fit it i might look it but i'm not did you did you see that microphone almost hit me in the face yeah that's that's the it actually smacked me in the face during <laughs> I, I don't know if it was if it was zero zero one or zero zero two but oh one of our first two podcasts it just came up and whoosh, smacked <laughs> me right in the face so you said that we have a bill in massachusetts now they that's were being i don't know what the um hmm. status is of it but i know that it was in the works and it makes sense for mass i mean if oregon and california are doing like we should be the oh, ones yeah. who do it but we have, we're such a great state to live in i'm so lucky to live in massachusetts honestly things have been really easy for me the only problem i'm having now is getting my federal gender marker change because mm-hmm. let let me tell y'all an interesting story about me as in my experience as a trans woman so we're in massachusetts in Massachusetts, I am F through and through. Everything is female That's in Massachusetts. We're good to go. I can drive around the whole state. The second I cross the freaking borders of this state, that F changes to an M. This is not an M. There's no M here. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, I, I love it when people people validate me. So thank you. Yeah. You know. <laughs> no, but... um. But seriously, but what is the... Yeah, it, uh, and see, that's the thing. It doesn't mean anything. I don't even think there really should be sex or gender markers on identification when it comes to that. I feel like the only reason they want that is so they can figure out who you are and like statistically like see what's going on. But like, you don't even need that. If you're pulling me over, it doesn't matter if I'm male or female or none. One, one argument has come from the medical field. And the argument is yeah. there has to be a better way a better way to, to identify trans individuals who are taking hormone replacement therapy and those who are not. And if you choose not to take hormone replacement therapy or if you are unable to for whatever reason, that's totally fine. You are valid. The healthcare field is actually really progressive on it. So I was hospitalized in November and I was still on testosterone. Actually, Mm -hmm. after that hospitalization is when I stopped. During that time, I told them, I was like, yeah, I'm actually on testosterone and I'm transitioning. And they would introduce me Medically, that does change things. mm -hmm. They would introduce me as a female to male person. Perfect. Um, and That's I was awesome. like, this is really nice. Is like, cool. thanks, guys. Um, but they're very on top of that. All a lot of at least here, a lot of our healthcare is around being inclusive. Um, so they're very into pronouns. Like, oh my gosh, when I first met with my HRT doctor, he was like, What are your pronouns? Like, what are your sexuality? And he like didn't flinch at all. Are you and a Fenway? I was like, Thank you. No, I went to uh, Brigham and Women's. Oh, really? But I love Fenway. I really want to work there when I'm an NP. I just I just applied for a job, but I didn't get in because I'm baby trans. Oh, you'll get there. You've done Which a lot for I, being a baby trans. Though. I hate baby trans. I hate that. Well, first you start in the egg, and then you hatch into baby trans, and you come full fledged. <laughs> you fly away. Well, 
Apparently, apparently, I'm still a child in the eyes of the rest of the trans community. No, I think you're you're doing but, pretty well for yourself. I have. To thank say. you, thank you, you as well, because I've been following your journey as well. Mm-hmm. So we're just gushing over each other. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so we've got about ten or fifteen minutes left or so. So let's try. We've had I had so much fun talking to you about all I these amazing gender, gender topics that day. we're we're neglecting the hashtag nerdcast portion of this. So. <laughs> You said that you want to talk Marvel and DC. Oh my god! So let's talk Marvel. So let's talk Marvel and DC. First of all, did you see the new trailer for Infinity War? Yes. See, I sort of fell off the Marvel train for a little bit. I just what was the last? One? I can't remember what the last one I saw was, but I I need to go see. I need to see Ant Man. I need to see Civil War. Yeah, I saw Civil War when it came out. I think that was actually the last one I saw. I didn't see Black Panther yet. I just saw that it is Black Panther is literally one of the I've best heard. movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Just just cinematically. And I'm not yeah. I'm not I'm not just I know a lot of people are saying are just saying it's a good movie just to say it's a good movie. But no, cinematically and I I'm speak I'm speaking specifically cinematically. Yeah. It is one of the most incredible movies I I've ever seen from start to finish. The wait. cinematography, the mise-en-scene. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a legit drop for you. Or the or the mise mise en scene, depending on on oh how gosh. you on how you pronounce your your French crossovers. <laughs> but no, everything the dialogue, the everything, everything is just absolutely. And then there is that social aspect too, where mm-hmm. it dropped they, at a good time. Like I'm I'm really happy with it. What was the the name of the actor who also played the Hobbit? What what is that actor's name? Uh, Orlando Bloom. No, he actually was the Hobbit oh. in the first three in the Hobbit prequel. Oh, 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 hold on. I'm Elijah Wood. No, the yeah. in, so uh, Elijah Wood was Frodo in Lord oh, of the Rings, but they're all hobbits. The, <laughs> so I don't know. That, so that that actor was in, and I was I was reflecting on this the other day, and basically what Black Panther did, and a lot of our friends in the Black Lives Matter community, I was reading some of these posts, and they were saying that it was so emotional to a lot of. Uh, a lot of individuals in Black Lives Matter and, and people oh, who are just guy. that's what you're yeah, yeah yeah or or anyone anyone of African descent what that's active on social media was talking about how it was such an amazing film culturally because this is one one of the first mainstream films mm-hmm. ever where the entire cast in a triple A film mm-hmm. in a triple A mainstream film has been entirely black. And they've had it's been entirely callbacks and references yep. to African culture. Yep. And the one that one character, the two main Caucasian characters, one is 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 a villain who's killed off and um oh spoilers. People die spoilers. in the movies we know. One of them is one of them is, is one of them is a villain and the other one is sort of has taken over the role of how Hollywood used to place black actors in these sort of side like roles. Like the comedic side. Yeah. And this, The Hobbit is now co- that sort of something Martin, side character. Martin something. Martin Freeman? Yeah, there you go. We figured it out. Is it Martin Freeman? <laughs> it I, is. I, it's, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, and it's amazing because... So this because is great reversal that I, I also appreciated. You think, you know, we're trying to be progressive with like trans and gay rights and stuff, but we're still... Society is still focused on the fact that black people are people and they're not just black people. Like, yeah. like we have to go back and like realize like 
We have a long ways to go, but we're doing so well right now. Like we're we're trying and that's what we need. People are trying. Privilege is real and it's unfortunate that in 2018 that that phrase can still be said. Yeah. Like what are we what are we doing? Why why isn't why is more not being done about this? We're working on it. It's the youth. We need it. We need you kids to graduate and go make some change up. I mean, the Black Lives Matter <laughs> folks are incredible. I love yeah. all y'all. Y'all are yes. the best. Seriously. Yes. So Marvel and DC. I mean, obviously, obviously the DC movies all sucked except for Wonder Woman. <laughs> I was just playing through Injustice, so, which is a weird. Hello, game. everyone that just came in. Well, the games are good. Injustice is a great game. It's like I a movie it. game. I like it. Yeah, but it's just a movie. Wonder game. Wonder Woman. Like, I, I love, but it, all the other ones suck so bad. That's why I stick with Marvel as much as I lo- like. I love Batman Forever. Like he's one of my actual favorites. But Val Kilmer, because yeah. you said Batman Forever. <laughs> Right? Or, I mean, or Batman it... comic oh, okay. forever. But yeah, yeah obviously, Bill Kilmer. But I mean, Batman is a comic. He's fat, though. Well, he's been fat for a few he's years. Old and fat, so. He's come a long way since Heat. <laughs> no, he was he was sexy in Heat. Once so, a time. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're talking about hormones and, and everything. I am, I've never been more attracted to men. Really? I, yeah. See, that's so interesting because I feel like. I'm just like, give me, give me, give me, give me so all the man funny. candy. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I've been, I've been seeing this guy. Yeah. Or we just He's we just cute. had a second date. Did you see the photo? Yeah, I like him. Sexy man candy. Awesome. Very very excited about that. Hopefully he's not listening so cuz I'm going to embarrass myself. <laughs> <laughs> but if you are uh... dating tr- while trans is fucking hard. Yeah. Cuz Yeah, because there's so many chasers. And like for me, as soon as I they hear that I'm trans, they think right. female to male. Mm-hmm. And then I have to be, go back and be like, no, I'm just just think of me as like a really cool like whatever. But now, now I'm not really dating men anymore, so <laughs> I'm done with that. Representing, I'm that now L. a non-binary lesbian. Woo! Yes. So give me those women. Women don't care. I'm I'm so glad I can like and be we, myself. I know. And we talked about this earlier. Non-binary lesbian is something that I think needs more. Not education, but needs more. Yeah, you can more hold on like to yourself. your non-binary label and still call yourself a lesbian. Like, don't don't worry about that. Oh yeah, totally. I worried about it for like a second, and then I read up on it. I was like, no, it's cool. It's a real so, thing. So, so you're being visible and open with that, and I think that's great. And I think the more people that hope and hopefully, maybe you just saying this now, hopefully one person will hear that that identifies the exact same way as far as gender and sexuality mm-hmm. as you do, and but has not quite figured out non-binary lesbian and they might hear that and say wow that works perfectly for me mm-hmm. so hopefully we can use this platform to help other people that's that's, that's right because I mean, this is free i mean about. eventually i want to do this as you know as a full-time job but yeah. i mean e- even when i do it's just going to be youtube ad revenue yeah it's always this is always going to be a free podcast because it's it's, it's, it's lgbtqia it be. yeah it's for positive people so tell me about tabletops because i have a whole list of tabletops here that i want to get to before we have to before we have to shut this down so because I love tabletops. And to me, to some people, tabletops just means Dungeons and Dragons. Right. But to me, that means anything that goes on a table, yeah. including board games. I I've love board games and, and card games. games. Because I, for the longest time, I didn't have a console. So that was just kind of my go-to at parties is like, who's going to bring what? So yeah, um, Flux is definitely a fave. Um, I've played... Do you see it? I have it down there. Yeah. Flux, Dixit, and Dominion. Dominion. Tell me about all those because those, oh, those are, I'm intrigued. Flux is fun. Um, there's different versions of it. It's basically just like a really good party game where you go in a circle and you just put down cards and things can happen and you also try to like match up certain ones. And mm-hmm. if you match up things that go together, then you win. 
Um, but then there's also cards that like tell you like action cards, I guess. Okay. And for anyone just coming in, this is Flux, the tabletop Flux we're talking about. So there's different versions of it, and that's more what the fun part is it. So like I've played Zombie Flux, so the whole card game is around zombies and the action cards have to do with like being eaten or being killed or whatever, and you have to like collect like zombie parts and weapons. My favorite though and what I own is Stoner Flux. <laughs> so like you have to collect Is like, it a mod? Kinda, yeah. So like you have to collect like bags of weed Asterisk. and like Ziploc bags and like oh, that's food funny. and parts of the action cards are like take a bong hit, like when it's your turn and blah blah. But so Stoner Flux was made before it was legal in mass. So there's like a little asterisk and it says only if it's legal in your state. And okay. I'm like, now it is. So so it's an interactive card game that seems like for both versions it can be used as an icebreaker or a party game. For sure. Yeah. For sort of any audience. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And, and since there's different versions of it, you can kind of pick mm-hmm. like what fits for what audience. So tell me about Dixit. What's what's Dixit? Dixit is like a picture game. Um, so there's different that's just, cards. That, that made me think of when it, when I think Dixit, I think of Brexit. But <laughs> Dixit to me seems like if the male porn industry suddenly oh, no. suddenly walked out and had a strike, that'd be called that'd be called Dixit. Dixit. Sorry, that, that was that was that was my lame attempt at humor. So, Dixit, what is what actually is Dixit? I see, are you bringing up some? I'm bringing up Dominion some so stuff. Forget. But um, Dixit is basically a game. Um, so there's cards and they just have different like art on them. It's kind of like Cards Against Humanity and Apples to Apples, where you put down a card and then people well, those are both great games. Are really, you, you put down a descriptor, like a word, and Hello, then you put Erica down cards. H. They're supposed to match it, but it's all just visual based. So instead of like a lot of words, it's also just like okay. pictures. So this could be another sort of all inclusive party game. Yeah, it, yeah. I I love I love these icebreaker games because I for feel me- like I don't know. I feel like if you're playing tabletop, it's gonna be in that kind of vicinity. I'm not really gonna do it alone. All of my all of my table <laughs> all of my tabletops are super niche tabletops oh, that I can really. I would be successful if I brought these tabletops to Anime Boston, which I'm probably going to oh, do yeah. just because. That's the place to do it, honestly. I think I think in between my panel, because I have a panel this year called uh, Trans in Japan Travel Guide Edition, mm. which is going to be about my experience in Japan as a trans woman. But in between on that day, I think I'm just going to set these tabletops because I can't find anyone who wants to play these tabletops with me. Because, and this is why, because I have the full world map. I'm good, Erica. Thank you. How are you? I have the full world map for Axis and Allies. And that's like a an all day event. It is. I it's know. like it's like it's like you have to get up early and come in and bring Cheetos. Oh God! Who's yeah. got the Cheetos <laughs> and the Mountain Dew? The Mountain Dew, yep. <laughs> and you're just all day trying to trying to just crush the world as as Japan or Germany as the Axis powers because it's just so much fun to play the Axis powers in this game. That's true. So Axis and Allies, I have I like Weapons that. and Warriors, which is the most fun that you'll ever have with anybody if you can convince them to play it. Do you remember that? I feel like yeah. it was, I think it was Milton Bradley, and you you have this huge castle, and you have it. It's it's about honestly, it's really about this big. From I don't know if you can see it like goes like up. Uh, so it's about it's like a three. It's about castle. yay. It's about yay tall and about yay wide. Yay and transfers well over radium. There's the there's a far <laughs> there's a forest. Yay! There's a forest in the middle, and you have cannons and catapults, and you have these little orange balls, and actually launch. Oh my god! And you fire the cannons in this ballista. And the siege equipment and the castle have each. They each have about fifteen or twenty different parts that explode on on precision impact. And the men that you have stationed, the warriors that you have stationed there, will go flying off 
See, that's the kind of tabletop I want to play where things are like actually happening in the air. Yes. Jeez. When you're attacking the castle, you can open up the front gates and then you can smash the door with the cannons. It's so, it's so incredible. Dominion is basically like Settlers of Catan, but a card game. I love Settlers of Catan. I'm <laughs> such really a huge fun. nerd for Catan, but I don't actually have, I love going to my friends' homes and playing, or my yeah, friends' places and playing like, Catan. It's like when you visit their kids and you're like, all right, bye, like you're not fine. <laughs> I'm not taking you home. There's, there's a lot, and it's expensive. It's like 60, yeah. 60 to 80 bucks yeah. for the starter box. Yeah. So every time, every time I go to Target and I walk past it, I'm like... Uh, I've got so many other tabletops I want to get my friends to play. <laughs> Just get them to buy. Be like, you guys should get this. So Dominion. Yeah, Dominion sounds cool, though. I want to get the Star Wars one at some point. Oh my God. But that's also a big investment. Yeah. So tell me about MAGFest, because MAGFest is on our list. So you that's that's your big convention, right? That's my home convention. Yeah. Okay. So MAGFest. Mine is in Boston. Yours is MAGFest. Takes place in uh, the Gaylord National Resort in uh, National Harbor, which is like. Kind of outside Maryland, D.C., Baltimore. Mm-hmm. It's like in that little area. It's basically a 24-hour, they don't want to call it convention. It's like a music and gaming festival um, that lasts about four days. Five days, though, if you count Night Zero because that's like a new thing now. 24-hour video games. So we're talking about like land. We're talking, you know, tabletop, music, chiptune, VGM, video game music hip-hop a lot of dj battles i want to go and it's just it's 24 hours it's just fun and it's just like a family reunion and it's just ultimate nerd i mean there's furries there there's people who cosplay people who are just into like music or just into video games it just matches together and it's beautiful um and it's in the beginning of january usually do you know how to beatbox we have request. We have requests no, for beatboxing. I don't. Sorry. Really. I mean, no. I'm not even gonna try. Yeah. So, Mag- <laughs> so Magfest sounds like the perfect place to That's send great. our hashtag Nerdcast That's listeners great. and viewers. Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. Just Magfest.org. Most of the people I talk to, I think this the new Sacred Cow or the Elite convention is PAX. Yeah. Everyone, that's the standard. But MAGFest, I like that it's a little bit different. It's a little... So it's the, obviously the smaller music than PAX. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit more community-inclusive. PAX, is, for me, has always been kind of more of like an expo. And it basically... MAGFest is basically... You take the jam space part of PAX and you just make that a convention and add in some video games. <laughs> but no, I, I love MAGFest. It's definitely worth going to. And it's kind of hit its cap of how many people there's going to be. So it's at a good size where it's big, but not too big, like 14,000. Very cool. Very cool. I'll have to check it it out. So our person, Erica over here says that she's getting into beatboxing, but I I don't know. I know nothing about beatboxing. (laughs) It's a cool art form. Tell me about video game music while we sort of wind down here. So that's, that's something that you wanted to talk about. So, to me, video game music means video game soundtracks. <laughs> That's how you start. But when I That's first get into it. When yeah. I first listened to video game music, it like blew my mind. It was like a whole other world. Yeah, so there's different avenues, I think, for video game music. The one that's nearest and dearest to me is chiptune, and that's basically you start out listening to video game soundtrack, and then you take the actual video game consoles themselves and you can actually make music based on the sounds that they emit so that's like how original chiptune music kind of came about you know when you would take a nintendo and you would just make the sounds that it can make or you get a sega and you just take the sounds Mm -hmm. that the console can physically produce and you make music with it so there's a lot of like electronic dance music that's chiptune based and literally made from the hardware of the console and then there's other chiptune music that's just made you know like other electronic music is made just on a computer but it still emulates the 
same sounds. So there's a lot of like that, that, and I, I love chiptune. It's my my nearest and dearest. Um, I did listen to Proto Men. It was Proto, n- yeah. it was really interesting for sure. They're a rock opera. It's like a concept album. Yeah, exactly. Or a concept so they, band. They took um, the story of Mega Man versus Dr. Wily and Dr. Light and all that, mm-hmm. and they basically made it into a rock opera. That's awesome. So all of the albums are conceptual, and they all are leading up to a story. There's two right now. They're working on the third. Um, and the one I listened to, I think it sounded like a wild, like a sort of wild west, yeah, or like a western yeah. type of a little bit, yeah. Which I think that was the first. What was that based off of? What was the what was the game that was based off of in that Mega one? Mega Man. It's okay. all Mega Man. You know, I've actually never played a full Mega Man game. You should play Mega Man Ten because the music is really good. In that you game. see that there's there's too many. That was just the one game that I never really got into. Um. Um, then there's like Bit for Grade and uh, Danimal Cannon. There's it's basically there's a lot of metal in video game music, and they'll basically take characters or concepts from games and just kind of put it to music, or they'll take a riff from a game soundtrack and just make music based off of that. Very cool. I like that. So I have there. I, I think we're sort of running out of time here, but I really want to. Is that you? Or is that me? That wrote down Bayonetta. Bayonetta yeah, I love Bayonetta. <sighs> Four guns. She has guns on her high heels, which are like eight inches, by the way. The sexiest thing. I love it. I love yes. Her. I just got a Switch. So I'm really excited to oh, play nice. Bayonetta 2, y'all. That is going to be, that's my next purchase for the Switch. As soon as I finish Breath of the Wild, Bayonetta 2, you heard it here. I'm going to play the ish <laughs> out of that game because oh, I just, I, I love the lore and I've always been really excited about the fandom, mm-hmm. but I, I didn't play the first one. So I'm really excited I to play the, the second one. I played the first one. I didn't play the second one. And there's a, there's a couple of ones in between, right? a half there's like a little like mini game thing but i think for the most part it's just the one and then they, we wanted it forever and then they finally came out with the second one but i love her i remember the announcement it was at the 2017 vg uh the game awards right mm-hmm. i think they announced it so what is chobits because i have that down here that's uh that's as, like as a... one of the first like anime that like got me into anime i was always right. really into i remember hearing about it in high school yeah and people would say that's right Okay. That was my I high remember. school anime years. Yeah, so people in high school used to tell me you could watch Chobits, but I never watched it, so I just it Aww. sort of went to the back of my memory it. recesses. I mean, I'd rather read it, honestly. But I've always really been to science fiction, and so that obviously turned into whatever I was looking into for anime and manga at the time. So that's definitely like a beginner, a good beginner's anime. Um, but it's basically What's just the, about like robot. You my next question. Robot girls, kind of. Okay. Robots and gaining sentience and stuff like that. So they're supposed to be like companions for people, for humans. But then... Isn't that what kind of like Westworld is based off of? That's what a lot of them are based off of. (laughs) A lot of the ones I like are basically like sentient coming from AI. AI is terrifying. I love it. Did you you, uh, hear what what Elon Musk said about strobe lights in, in AI? He said that in a matter of years i think 10 to 20 years robots are going to be moving so fast that you'll need a strobe light to see him <laughs> and then and then after he said that i think he was at a podium after he said that he he, he leaned in and he went sleep tight oh jesus <laughs> he's messing with this. see my favorite thing I, about I love, that whole debate with like ai and like robots and stuff is basically they're gonna do it's basically is humans are supposed to be meant to work right so mm-hmm. They're going to take away that and we're going to have all this time and it's just like, what are humans supposed to do if they're not doing... Being what productive. It, yeah, if they're not in being some way. fulfilled. Like, th- th- this is my second full-time job. People are just going to pursue hobbies. Content. Yeah, they're just going to do stuff. It's not a hobby. Creative. This is a job for me. 
Yeah. But people are going to move towards being like, I think, more expressive and creative mm-hmm. with the help of robots. So what is, let's talk about this. Because I that was that you that wrote that down? Ghost in a Shell. Another one on top. Oh, Eve Neo Jukan. Yeah. That's okay. another I didn't um, really pronounce it anime wrong. I like. And it's kind of around the same topic of um, robot sentience. So basically, okay. humans have robot companions slash helpers that are supposed mm-hmm. to like, they're like servants that kind of like follow them around or like help them out with everything. But then there's a society of ones that are sentient and actually want to become human and like want to get their rights. And it kind of goes into the question of robot rights. Do they get any? What are they? That they is, that's just what we're talking about. That's a huge hot button issue today. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy to think about, by the way, that like that's something that people can discuss. Yeah. But it's happening. We're here. <laughs> like, this is the future. Like, like Elon Musk said, sleep tight, everyone. Oh my gosh. So, on my anime, on my anime queue, or anime queue, depending on where you're from. Oh, I went to AAC last year, mm-hmm. and um, one of the panelists was uh, he was it was it was one of the voice actors. He welcomed everyone, and AAC is like really small. And he yeah. said, he said, "Hey, welcome, Konbanwa for all you for all you people." <laughs> He's like you people. So my anime queue is. Finished catching up on Food Wars, Shokugeki no Soma, which is one of the greatest animes I've ever seen in my life. Thanks, everyone that's just joining us and that's liking and fanning. I appreciate I love you all. So I just finished Food Wars, Shokugeki no Soma, the most recent season. Incredible. You, you need to catch okay. up on that. Assassin- Assassination Classroom, mm-hmm. hashtag ass class, which is a really good shonen because it, it, it is a shonen, but it's really, it's great. It's got a lot of layers to it. There's a lot of moving parts. It deals with some social issues, some Japanese cultural issues as well. And the next anime on my queue, which I am so excited about, is Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Oh, I've heard good things about that one. Everyone says it's like one of the most incredible, lighthearted, dramatic comedies that they've ever seen in an anime, like ever. So there's supposed to be a, there's supposed to be a lot of really funny, like little cute parts in it. So I'm really excited to watch that. And then my video game view, obviously, Bayonetta 2 after I finish Breath of the Wild. And tomorrow, everyone, tomorrow, we're going to hear to hear if you didn't know already, tomorrow, Valkyria Chronicles 4 oh, comes yeah, out. And right. I am so excited to do anime World War II. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea. But that's video games and anime for me. Right now, I'm just sort of, I'm stuck in the Monster Hunter loop because that... That's what I've been doing. I just got Monster play? Hunter World on oh Xbox. Oh, my God. Like, oh, a few X- days ago. Xbox. Okay. I only got Xbox One because I could afford it at the time when PS4 was too expensive. And now I'm just like, oh, damn. I could have mm, yeah. done it. But it's, Xbox is the, is the epitome of bro culture. I know. But I had more friends who had it, so whatever. But yeah, I've been playing it a lot. I really like it. And I've also been doing... What else the other... Oh, Battlegrounds. I call it PUBG in my head. Yeah, no. that My friend has been playing <laughs> that as well, too. I made it to so. number 12. That's as high as I've gone. So I'm putting on the outro music because we got about a minute left and then we're... But uh, I just want to point out that we have some of the... So do you recognize this for our outro music? Oh, yeah. Classy. Right. Do you recognize it? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So ESP004, we are winding down. So this always stays up a few minutes after just because it's we get up and then we shut off the you now feed. But this is it's weird not having the video part up here because that's not that's not rolling. It usually is. Mm-hmm. 
So we were not streamed on FRC Media Community Television today. I think they're missing one of the one of the boxes or something. But we were on the radio, the FRC Media Radio. We were on You Now, and then obviously the, the Tumblr, which links to the You Now feed. So do you have any any final thoughts? Uh, Valkyra Chronicles Four comes out tomorrow. Anime Boston is the last week of this month. I will be there. I have a panel called Anime Boston. No, yeah, the I have a panel called Trans in Japan Travel Guide Edition at Anime Boston, which I, I mentioned before on this one. So you can check that out if you're going. I'm cosplaying Sasaki the Mechanic from Knights of Sidonia. I'm going to recycle, I think, my Tatsumaki the Terrible Tornado cosplay, and then I'm doing Lieutenant Ortega from Altered Carbon. Wow. You should watch that. Altered Carbon was good. So, El Newman, take it away. What are you up to? Tell everyone what you're doing. I'm just in nursing school, honestly. Um, when I'm not stressing out about exams i'm playing games and hanging out with my dog i love my dog i love seeing the videos and everything you post of that dog and just fighting gender your dog is the best fight the good fight Fighting gender. yes (laughs) any upcoming projects you want to you want to throw down and mention plug Um, just follow me you can follow me on twitter it's at psychedelis um p-s-y-k-e-d-e-l-o-s do it are you, are you Shout coming? out to all my furry friends, furry fandom listening. <laughs> hey, anime and furry have to come together, okay? No, come back. <laughs> oh, furries. I know. We get it better up. So we usually wait until the, the actual, you know, like that one part that kicks in. This was still one of the greatest animes of all time, by the way. Cowboy Bebop. Every, I'll watch it all the time. Every corgi has been named Ayn. <laughs> yeah. It did great things for corgis. It got me into Space Dandy, and that's like one of my favorite anime. Space Dandy? I'll have to look it up. I haven't heard of it. It's very psychedelic. Yeah. Are you going to Anime Boston? I don't know. I might stop by like, yes. on Saturday. Come it on depends. To my panel. You can actually you can come up and talk with me if you want. Depends on the... Um, So ESP004, join us in two weeks for ESP005, where we're going to have an actress on, an actress in World Traveler, who's been to Ireland, England, Germany, and two other countries in Europe. She's been everywhere. She's an adventurer. And then she also, she's an actress. She's working at getting her, uh, her Screen Actors Guild card. So join us for that one. Thank you for joining us, my lovely unicorns. I love you all. We will see you in two weeks. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Thank you for your continued support. We love you all. Aaron Spencer, L. Newman, signing off. Good night.